Greetings, Earthlings, and welcome to Are UFO Real? My name is Tom, and with me as always is Grant. Hey. Howdy, folks. So, uh, today is April the 25th. We are still in the midst of a uh, stay-at-home order here in San Diego, California, due to the coronavirus. Uh, Once again, I would be remiss if I didn't talk about that. Um, So, uh, everything is still uh, okay for me, for the most part. Just... um, just hanging in there and uh, just trying to get through this. How about you, Grant? Uh, yeah, pretty much, man. Um, we got, we're getting some nice sunny weather coming in now. I just want to go outside and yeah, it's getting, I mean, I'm a pretty much a, a hermit anyway, but uh, yeah, even I'm getting tired of just being <laughs> locked indoors every day. Dude, it's funny you mentioned that because when everything first started going down, I was like, sweet, I don't have to socialize anymore. <laughs> but uh, that's getting real old at this point. Like, I feel like um, fairly, um, I guess I'm fairly introverted as a person, but this is, this isolation is getting pretty difficult. So, anyway, um, just want well, to do I mean, so okay. lucky we both have families you know i got my wife here and you got your your family and yep um absolutely you know, so at least we have people to spend the time with and i'm not yeah. just sitting there on by myself exactly and, i'm not just gonna sit here and woe is me the whole time um but i would uh i'd be lying if i said i was feeling super dandy right now because i'm not but i'm really looking forward to chatting with you today man this is gonna yeah. be gonna be good times once again everybody we're on the skype so uh, sorry for the audio quality. I am on these ridiculous headphones that I've been harping about the last few episodes, and I finally snapped a photo of it that I don't think really does it justice, but I'm going to try and get an even better one after the episode so you can see you can see what I have to work with here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're pretty ridiculous, man, <laughs> but uh, pretty awesome at the same time. Uh, Good old Groupon. <laughs> but uh all right yeah so anyways yeah i understand i just want to chat about quarantine you know but yeah let's move on to the uh yeah, the subject yeah. Hand. um so we got some we got a nice email uh from a gentleman named roberto in london um so big shout out to roberto um grant uh we're gonna discuss some of that stuff and there's also uh uh from the email and also um, Grant has uh, a mystery topic for me. Uh, I don't know if it's about a specific UFO incident or what it's about, but I'm really looking forward to it. So Grant's got a little smirkity smirk smirk on his face right now. So. <laughs> I realize like, it too. I've, I've been uh, I've been drinking these sodas, and I can't like turn away <laughs> from the mic like I usually do. So it's it's probably pretty loud in these earbuds I'm using, but um. So sorry about that to the listeners. <laughs> no, I need the caffeine, so. <laughs> no, it's just funny. You got this little grinchy smile on your face when I was talking oh. about the secret episode. The secret episode. So, uh, oh, I can't wait to drop on this. You're gonna. I can't wait to see what your face looks like when you learn about this story. No, it's a it's an interesting one. Uh, it's I think it's somewhat obscure. I actually heard it on another podcast. Again, I heard it on um, 
uh, Robots for Eyes. Uh, they did a out. they did a really good job of covering it too, but I wanted to go over it with you because um, I think I mentioned it in another episode that we did, and um, you hadn't heard of it, and I, I I think it it's a pretty amazing story, but I'll I'll get into it later, you know. Cool, it's interesting. Um, but yeah, we got a we got an email, you know, I um, from Alberto in London, and uh, we've been getting a lot of emails and messages it's coming Al- in. I'm sorry, is it is it Alberto or Roberto? I thought it was Roberto, and that was – I want to get his uh, name correct. No, it's Alberto. Alberto. Sorry, Alberto. I said Roberto because I was conversing with someone named Roberto at work the other day. So shout out to Alberto in London. Yeah, yeah. It was a great email too. I He, he goes into a lot of uh, suggestions, and um, you know he has a lot of nice stuff to say too. And he had a couple questions, so I just want to go over it with you. Um, and um, anyway, I'll, I'll get into that in a second. I did want to say, uh, you know, we've been getting a lot of a lot of emails, messages, and feedback and stuff, and some topic suggestions. And I want to I want to get into those too in the future here. Uh, a lot of good ones. Um, I you know I can't speak for you, Tom, but I really appreciate them, and and I hope to get more. You know, I, uh, I really enjoy oh, hearing yeah. what what people are, are thinking, you know, I love that feedback. Obviously. And, um, so yeah, let me jump into this email here. I'm not going to read it word for word, but, um, but he had some suggestions and stuff and some topic ideas. So the first one was, uh, was one that we've talked about before. And it was, it was one of the things I was going to do, um, pretty much when we started here and then I never followed through on it, but, uh, you know, UFO news and kind of doing updates in the beginning of every episode of, uh, recent goings on in the ufo community yeah uh, i think that would be really interesting i i don't really know i'm i'm more just like find an interesting topic and, and kind of research that so i'm not really up on it but i think i think it would be interesting to um you know to find out what's going on i've, I've heard about some recent stuff a lot of sightings and stuff <laughs> i think a lot of times it gets into just like blurry videos of lights in the sky <laughs> and stuff yeah I think that's I actually, a good. I, I think that's a good idea. Um, to to a certain extent. I mean, I want to. You know, I, I still want to plan ahead every episode to have a specific, um, uh, incident or topic. Obviously, um, yeah. because UFO stories of the week or news of the week type stuff tends to get lost. I think the information tends to get lost when it's not included in the title. But I think, especially like. For the to the Stars Academy stuff, I really want to keep up on what's been happening with them. Uh, they yeah, I've been following before. it. Um, sorry, um, didn't mean to cut you off there. But uh, oh, yeah, I'm kind of following the uh, the to the stars and um, and that's actually something that that Alberto brought up too was the eight like updates on a tip, you know, which to the stars basically came out of and. Um, you know, I think we both agreed that was kind of the most interesting thing that we've covered and uh, the most compelling yeah. story. Yes, back and all that good stuff. Um, I think I think convincing is another yeah. accurate word for that. Not just compelling, but that's the one I'm most convinced by in terms of authenticity. Right, right. And I don't want to get into semantics here, but that's why I find it compelling because it is, you know there's some really reputable witnesses and they have access to obviously a lot more information you would hope, but, uh, they're also kind of mysterious. So, um, yeah, I think, you know, when I was reading this, I was thinking he was talking about to the stars cause I kind of linked them in my mind, a tip and 
PTSA, but, um, yeah. And they, they, you know, I'm on their email list and they've been, uh, sending out some updates, not, not all of them are too relevant or whatever, but, um, yeah. So, you know, I can work that into the UFO news segment and, and that's the thing too. Yeah. He suggested, and that was my original idea too, is just have like a little, um, a segment kind of that, maybe at the beginning or the end of the episode, but you're right. I mean, okay. Okay. Look, I, I'm, I'm down to, I'm down as long as I get to go like beep, 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 UFO news or something like that. I have to come up with some kind of like cheese. Well, I think that's perfect, catchy. man. I could, yeah. I can cut that out when I'm editing this episode today. So, uh, <laughs> <keep Sweet>. it. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, maybe some kind of staticky interruption too, or something like that. Like, as yeah. long as we can do some cute little audio thing with it, I'm totally down. Well, that's that's more work for me as the editor here, but uh, I'll see what As I long do. as you do more work, I'm totally down. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. I'm glad we have that clear. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think that's a really good idea. Um, I guess I was just worried about not always having material, but then if, if I don't, then, uh, you know, so be it. But um, I do want to do more of that, you know, and, and kind of share interesting news stories or whatever, whatnot. Um, what's it, what, what have you. And then, um, yeah, he is, <laughs> he kind of feels the same way we do about these, uh, the alien races stories that we've been doing versus the like abduction stories. Uh, I think he's not so much a fan as he puts it mainly because it's completely and utterly unquantifiable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Too many fruitcakes involved here. Well, well, uh, well said Alberto. Um, I tend to agree. I, I think it's, I think it's interesting. I, I, I tend to give it leeway in terms of suspending disbelief just because it's so outlandish. And like I said, like I personally view it as fan fiction. A lot of this yeah. stuff like D and D these, these are D and D characters come to life as far as I'm concerned uh, yeah. with the, the, the Nords and the, <laughs> and the oil for blood or whatever. It was. <laughs> I mean, I think we've been pretty tongue in cheek the whole time we've been sure. doing this. I, I didn't mean to go so deep into the well here, but uh, you know, it's a part of UFO folk, folklore and I'm sure some of that gets morphed into more serious belief. I don't know. I don't know how you can quantify that kind of stuff, but uh, I think it's interesting. It puts, you know, it puts, puts stuff in perspective as well. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty much done with that stuff. We still got the Anunnaki though. And that's a, that's an interesting story anyway. Well, we'll, we'll save the Anunnaki for a, for a rainy day out here in San Diego where it's actually 93 degrees Fahrenheit at my house right now. I don't know what that is in centigrade for all our non-American, uh, fans out there, but 93 degrees Fahrenheit is pretty smoldering. I, I burnt my toesies outside when i was taking the trash out so please send sympathy yeah before we started recording tom was complaining about having to to be by the pool while it's so hot i know i know <laughs> what a, i know i caught myself after that i was like am i really griping about having a pool in my backyard like getting to swim with my daughter listening to bob marley like that's there are worse things so i sounds like, horrible man. I know, a lot of people have been awful, hit hard so. god <laughs> I wish I wish that we were having this conversation in, in person so that you could slap me right now, Grant. That was that was really, that was that was just uncalled for. No, don't apologize. I get caught up in the mope yeah. train over here, just overthinking like like what's going to happen to us and what's going to happen to society and all this stuff. And so I get I get into a funk and then I I forget how um what how do I want to. Uh, 
you know, comparatively well I have it to most people on planet Earth. So anyway. Well, you got to stop and smell the roses, man. It's all about mindset so you can manifest good stuff like I was talking about last episode. Uh, Uh, I got to get that PMA that uh, HR from the Bad Brains was talking about. So good stuff. It'll change, you know, your perspective's everything. Yep. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, you know. I, I I was just totally joshing you though. I didn't mean to <laughs> to slap you. I know you are, kid, but I really would. <laughs> I, next time, next time when we finally get to meet again, give me a slap. All right, maybe I will I'll give you a smack on the mouth because I like you. <laughs> um, let's see here. So, but yeah, he he wanted to get into uh, you know more of the uh, the more compelling stories here to to overuse that word. Um, then he had like a, another topic suggestion that I, I've been wanting to, to do this one for a while too. It's one of the bigger ones and I wanted to get my, uh, my feet wet more, if you will, and, and get a little more practiced. Cause I think we, we did a lot of the really, um, good topics in the beginning when I, I mean, I'm still pretty rough on the reporting. We were just talking about that before the record too. I fallen back into my habits of using, uh, pronouns. Is that, that the cool yeah. Yeah. Hey, it, yeah. No, and 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 I hear you. Yeah, I, I agree, man. We we tackled Lazar. We tackled Atip. We tackled, um, yeah. We we tackled a lot of the big guns when we were still super duper green. Not, that, I mean, I'm still very green, but I think I'm right. a light shade of green. I'm not right. green anymore. Um, and same yeah. with you, man. Like we're uh, this is a learning process. So maybe we could even do revisited episodes at some point. Um, maybe, but and I, that, go ahead. Sorry. And, uh, I'm also nervous about getting into these topics because now I realize how long it takes to delve into this kind of research, you know, but, um, the one he was talking about is Rendlesham forest. I'm sure you're, it's one of the biggies, you know, I'm sure you're, you're familiar with that one. And it's a pretty, some pretty incredible stories came out of that. So is um, that the one with that happened on an American base in, in England? Right. I ha- I am familiar with that. Yes. Yeah, some pretty and, interesting stuff, man. Yeah, I totally am down. That's another one I saw in Unsolved Mysteries. Yeah, yeah. We led. I mean, that was one that was like kind of like an early Tic Tac story where it's like, wow, this really happened, you know? But um, it seems something happened. I mean, who knows what? But we'll have to get into that in the future here. Um. FYI, for all just for all all of our listeners out there right now who have Amazon Prime, uh, I'm always, you know, touting Unsolved Mysteries as this show that has gotten me into um, UFOs and everything. Uh, all of the episodes with the host named Robert Stack uh, are available on Amazon Prime or uh, with the Amazon Video. You can watch them for free with uh, with Prime. Uh, so. If you want to see the show that traumatized me as a child and still freaks me out to this day sometimes, uh, check out the Robert Stack episodes of Unsolved Mysteries uh, on Amazon Prime. I didn't realize they were available. I might have to get into those myself. Oh. I know we discussed it on the Allagash. Buddy, episode. buddy, they're, they're on there. I don't, think, I don't think Allagash is on there, though. Oh, really? I couldn't find it, and I looked for it. But... Oh, that's a classic, man. Oh, jeez, tell me about it. Um, so then, uh, some other subjects he, he suggested were like interstellar travel, um, multiverses and parallel universes. And I think that's, that's a good one. That's interesting. I mean, as you guys can probably tell, I like getting into, uh, 
kind of side topics that are relevant, you know, like we, we got into it with the, the kind of um, mechanical telepathy that we were discussing. Um, and, you know, we even got into it when we were talking about binary stars and stuff. I mean, right. Interesting, man. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm down to do that with the caveat that neither of us are scientists and I am 100% not mathematically minded. Grant is far more mathematically minded than I am. So I don't know what I'll have to contribute other than, um, semi-witty commentary and a few yucks here and there but um in terms of multiverses and like super theoretical concepts like that um but hey dude i'm I'm game for whatever it might be a tough one but uh i can at least cut and paste people that know what they're talking about you know? <laughs> so uh yeah it might be interesting I'll have, um yeah I, I look forward to doing something like that um and then uh, he also, yeah, and I do want to get more into this. Um, like he's, we, well, he, he suggested doing like covering different UFO personalities, you know, which we've, we've done a little bit. Um, I definitely want to get into Stephen Greer. Um, sure. You know, it's, a lot, sure. it's a lot easier making a list of things to do than actually following through and doing them. But uh, hey, that's good. Uh, I, and I appreciate that, Alberto, uh, of all the of all the the topic ideas and the um I like that UFO personalities. I think Bud Hopkins um, yeah. is good for a, a quick one as well, even though he contributed a lot to the um, what is it uh, hypnotic regression type stuff, which I'm not really. Uh, uh, I guess I'm not really a big proponent of it, but he Bud Hopkins's books kind of got me into learning about abductions. So yeah, good old Bud. We try to tie them into the relevant episodes when they come up, you know, but um, I, I think that is good. I do. That's another another subject I want to tackle with Stephen Greer, because I've mentioned it before. He's got a, a bunch of uh, what do you call it, like whistleblowers from the military that have a lot of crazy stories to share. That's one of the things that, that really got me uh, inspired to, to do the podcast, too, was, was some of those stories, because they're. Um, you know, even if it's not true stuff, it's just really interesting stuff. So, speaking of not true stuff and semi-interesting stuff, I heard our old pal David Ike is saying uh, that the coronavirus is not a thing. Yeah, did you hear well, that? So, uh, I did. I an, did. An update to our David Ike thing with uh, he has uh, kind of catapulted into scumbag status, uh, even more so as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> after his recent coronavirus comment and i don't want to make this show political but as far as i'm concerned this virus is not political and uh saying that something isn't happening when it is uncontrovertibly happening is irresponsible and ridiculous so shame on you david ike stick to your reptilian stuff please yeah, according to uh, David Icke, reptilian overlords are real, but uh, coronavirus is a hoax. Right. So, good stuff. Um, and then he asks about Tom and Grant, and, um, you know, what are your backgrounds? You record in a living room to studio. Uh, when did you get into the subject? Have you had sightings yourself? Why are you doing this podcast? You know, asking some context. And I, we've had a few uh, few people reach out to us, and, and that seems to be a question we got, we've got a couple times. We uh we did try to cover that in our our intro episode, but that was mm-hmm. when we were 
again, really green on the mics and kind of nervous and especially just talking about ourselves, you know? Yeah. But, um, so I figured maybe we could go back over that right now and just kind of, uh, talk about it. Um, and we do, yeah, we record in a living room. Now we record over Skype. But, uh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Basically I have a setup in my, in my living room, you know, a couple cheap microphones and a, and a MacBook basically and, and garage band. And that brings you our, uh, our beautiful voices. I think people wonder about us because, um, it says, you know, are you for real? And then it says Tom and Grant under it. So maybe it looks makes us look more professional than we actually are. Um, I mean, I don't want to turn people off and just, you know, if they're turned off by listening to two idiots talking in their living room. But hopefully it's compelling stuff we're talking about, you know. I think it's fun. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, you know, background for me. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll give you the once over again. Um, this is Tom speaking, um, born and raised in San Diego. California. Um, I'm a lawyer. Uh, I don't want to say too much other than that. Um, got a family. Uh, I got involved, uh, not involved, but I got interested in the UFO, um, the UFO phenomenon, I think, through Unsolved Mystery, a combination of the Unsolved Mystery show that I constantly talk about. Um, and seeing the book communion by Whitley Strieber or Stryber. Uh, my dad was reading it uh, when I was a youngster and I saw there was a picture of a gray alien on it and scared the hell out of me. So that, uh, that piqued my interest. And then I went to my local library, looked up in the U uh, there was a UFO section there and I got missing time by Bud Hopkins. And I got, uh, I think intruders was the second Bud Hopkins book that I read. So that's how I got, um, into the UFO phenomenon. I can't, I mean, I've seen things in the sky that I can't really explain. I can't, but um, at the same time, I don't really, um, I, I can't say with certainty that I've seen some otherworldly um, craft or anything right. like that. I've seen, I've seen stuff that I suspect might be military things like lights that are moving much faster than I'm used to seeing, which I understand can be satellites or, um, you know that kind of stuff, but I can't I can't say for certain one way or the other. I'm just fascinated by the idea itself. So that's me. Yeah. How about you, Grant? Um, yeah, same thing. No, I'm just gonna um, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I first met you what like 20 years ago now when we were uh, 15 years ago. 15? No, 17. Okay. 17 years ago, we met in 2003. Okay, yeah, we both um, we met when we were studying abroad in London, actually. Uh, conveniently enough and um we roomed together we're fast friends yep uh the uh we were both wearing tool shirts <laughs> right <laughs> that, that's how we first bonded for sure like we both were we were both uh wearing shirts by the band tool and uh we looked over each other we were like oh man did we just become best friends <laughs> <laughs> a couple tools in in london man yeah. that's us and then um uh, let's see. So I remember when I met you, though, you were you were more into the UFO lore than I was because you had, like you said, you know, read those books and uh, Unsolved Mysteries, mm -hmm. a, a fan mm -hmm. of that. And I, you know, at the time I was much more skeptical. And then I started <laughs> creeping around on the Internet and finding all these crazy stories. I, I think I read the Bud Hopkins book, not Communion. No, that, that wasn't the one. It was 
I always forget the name of it. Intruders. We talked about this before. Yeah, Intruders. And um, I was pretty fascinated by that. And uh, yeah, and, and I studied film back in the day, like 20 years ago um, when I was going to school then. And, and you studied English, right? Yeah, I was an so, English major in undergrad at San Diego State. So we're both really interested in storytelling and, um, you know, basically people's mythology. I think well, I, I'm only speaking for myself. Um, oh, and I, I, if you, I if think you, you, if you say something that does not represent me, Grant, you'll hear about it. Trust me. Right. One way or another, you're going to hear about it, pal. All right. Just send me a DM. <laughs> um, but they, uh, yeah. And I think, you know, I think people, a lot of people, UFO, UFOs, have become a part of, of people's mythology these days, I think, as, as we've been discussing, you know, once science became uh, a bigger focus, we went from, from gods and supernatural beings to, to aliens basically, you know, and yeah. as we were even discussing the last couple episodes to uh, benevolent aliens that are, have all the traits of Jesus basically, you know, yeah. Yeah. Um, which I, which I found fascinating. And then with the, uh, with Tom DeLonge, coming out and, and disclosing all this stuff. I thought it was really interesting and a good time to start investigating and hearing about the Bob Lazar thing and Steve Greer, all that stuff. I just wanted to, basically, I just wanted to talk to you and, and, um, you know, a podcast sounded like fun. I'm a big podcast fan. So wanted to try it for myself. Um, I said it before I, uh, you know, I listened to some other podcasts and think that they, they will get a little confusing or lost in the weeds. So I was like, Oh, maybe I can do it right and be clear and concise. And I have failed miserably at that. Uh, <laughs> when I listen back to it, but I'm learning as I go, like I said, reporting's we, yeah, tougher we, than I, you know, we are by no means professional and, but we, we enjoy what we do. And I, the reason I cut you off is I have to give a massive shout out to Grant who does the vast, vast majority of work on this show. So kudos to you, my friend. Well, um, thanks. Yeah, I'm hoping I'm getting better. You know, I'm always trying to, to get my game up here. Um, and uh, I think I've I've been finding my flow a little bit, but we'll see how this episode goes. I I did. Um, yeah, I just uh, I actually just accepted a job offer, so my schedule is going to be changing around. So we'll see how that how that goes too. You know. Congrats, man. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, I just got I just got, got for a while, so. I got reinstated too. I was, uh, I was, uh, I guess it was furloughed is the term. I wasn't sure what, <laughs> even through, you know, I, I guess I was furloughed, but I'm, I'm back in the swing of things too, working full time at this moment. Yeah. Let's, let's hope it doesn't affect our podcasting grant. Okay. That's great. That's great. Yeah. I mean, we got in ahead of the curve cause everyone's going to be looking for a job soon or you know what i mean um, and your new job you told them that you have a podcast and you know if it comes between job and podcast your your podcast all the way right oh you know ride or die that's me um, yes no it didn't come up actually um but uh yeah i uh i've been manu- making my own guitar my own cigar box guitars you might have heard the ads for them in the early episodes and uh so been floating by with that, but um, yeah, been uh, been studying IT lately and and got kind of like a help desk job, I guess you could say. So uh, trying to pay my dues and, and get up in the in the industry, you know, handle some uh, some network security in the in the near future. I hope. In but uh, sick. <laughs> even though I was listening back to when we were talking about databases, I didn't know what the heck I was talking about. But uh, anyway, 
I got a lot to learn still. Well, hopefully um, one of these days you'll be able to explain 5G to me and why people think it's causing the coronavirus. <laughs> well, I can't explain the way people think. <laughs> but um, as far as sightings, I've never really had anything. I got really excited last night when I saw Venus, you know, but uh, I was pretty sure, you know, unless it's darting around the sky, I don't. My first conclusion is not supernatural or anything or uh, aliens or otherworldly. Well, I guess Venus would be otherworldly, but anyway. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I told this story in the in the uh, the first intro episode where is this where I you mean, were I hammered? Was, uh, yeah, I was really <laughs> drunk, like laying in bed trying to pass out, and uh, looked out the window. My and I saw like a light kind of darting around, but um, I mean, it could have been alcohol. <laughs> I, it wasn't enough to maybe get out of bed and go check it out, but it it did make an impression on me. I thought it was pretty pretty interesting but it, again it could have been just me i don't know i i dimly remember it since i was so drunk at the time so long ago but um yeah it seemed like something was moving around out there but who knows but nothing conclusive you know although i i am a bit of a, a stargazer i like i like looking at the night sky that's for sure looking for stuff sure. yeah man and uh yeah i like getting out of the city to to you know, so there's no light pollution or anything like that. So you can see, see the stars. We're very fortunate. I feel very, I'm, I'll speak for Grant here. We're very fortunate to live where we live and that there are essentially, um, you can drive an hour in any different direction and you'll come to a different kind of temperate zone. Like you'll be at the beach or you'll be in the mountains or you will be in the desert if you go the other way. Um, so there's a lot of different uh, neat stuff around here where you can get away and stargaze, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. We got, uh, we got all the, all the environments around us, even if we don't have any weather over in San Diego. <laughs> oh, got some weather today, man. I'm perspiring over here. <laughs> Well, I hope, uh, yeah, I hope that answers people's questions. You know, we uh, we went over it a lot more in the in the intro episode two, the introduction. So, um, if you guys are really interested, then uh, check it out. You know, but um, always slide into our DMs, man. Yeah, and uh, like I said, uh, yeah, e- email us too, or or slide into our DMs, whatever. We're are you for real podcast, just like it's spelled in the title of the sh- show. Um, are you for real podcast at gmail.com or um, check us out on Instagram or Facebook. You can hit us up on Twitter too, but I, I never check it. I don't know. If you do <laughs> I don't, but I try and stay away from Twitter. I got, uh, I was into that for about a week or so. And then I was like, this is toxic cesspool. <laughs> People yeah. are really mean. I just read Twitter on, on the news basically. <laughs> but, uh, uh, but anyway, yeah. Really appreciate it, Alberto. Thanks for... Uh, yeah, likewise, man. Definitely brightened our day, or my day at least. And um, and for everyone else that wrote in that we that we haven't addressed directly, you know. But um, all those ideas, keep them coming. I'm, I'm working on it, so they'll be coming soon. All right, so yeah, let's jump into this topic here. Um, I realize we've been building suspense about it, but it's going to be in the title of the episode. So <laughs> if people have heard of it, they'll they'll know what it is. Um, but yeah, today I wanted to discuss a UFO mass sighting witnessed by around 10,000 people during a soccer game 
or a football game, as they call it in the rest of the world, besides the U.S. Um, it happened in Italy on October 27th, 1954. And um, as I said, I think it's a pretty interesting story. I'm, I'm surprised it's not one of the bigger ones like Roswell or something. Um, there actually seems to be some uh, physical evidence involved, uh, which makes it pretty unique, I think. And just all those witnesses, you know. I've never heard of this. Is there yeah. a, is is there a name for it? Like, what's it like? Uh, is there a, a, a typical like a, a name that people tend to use to refer to it? Well, actually, that's I found it a little difficult to research for that reason because I was just trying to find good phrases to pull up the story, you know. So I'm not I'm not sure exactly. Um, uh, it's not called the FC Milan incident. <laughs> Like for a uh, Fiorentina UFO, maybe. Huh. Um, and yeah, we're going to try and get us into a little bit of Italian here. So I'll probably botch that pretty good. Um, but yeah, so there, there was some physical evidence, which I'll get into. And I, I think it makes it unique. Um, yeah. 10K, 10,000 observers. Yeah, it's a pretty incredible story. Um, and maybe, I mean, the only reason I could speculate is maybe because it's so old, but I mean, Roswell's pretty old too. I think it was probably around that time, right? And, um, well, 50, uh, Roswell was 47. So, oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But I think, you, you know, UFOs were a pretty big deal back in, in the, around that area is what some of the, the Italians interviewed for this say, but, um, not interviewed by me, but, you know, interviewed. And, um, and maybe because it happened in Italy, so it's just not as big of a story over in the U- good old U.S. of A. or something. But um, I don't know. I would think it would, when I first heard, it, I thought it was like pretty incredible. You know, so there's a there's an officially accepted explanation for this sighting, which is also kind of a strange and interesting. Um, if not, you know, it's not otherworldly, but it's still a pretty pretty fascinating idea. Um, I don't think you know we'll get into it, but I don't think some of the facts really seem to line up with the official explanation or theory. Um, but we'll discuss that in more detail. I'll be the judge of that, man. Yeah, yeah. I, we're going to take it to Judge Tom. And um, so, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll go over the facts and eyewitness testimony. Um, and uh, it was it was hard to uh, research, like I said, because there's not really like an official name that I could find for the incident. And um, it was hard to find different sources because it seems like most of the descriptions I have or are from uh, or I found seem to be based on some old newspaper article or, or a few different articles at the time. Um, there's apparently a picture of UFO in the news story as well, but all the images I found were pretty uh, pretty low definition, you know, so pretty small. Um, they there appears to be two photos on on one of the uh, the headlines that I saw and. Um, of this object one looks like a small white like speck in the sky from what i could make out and the other is like a better detail and it looks it looks like a dark disc or egg shape in the sky basically like a like a flying saucer you know huh. and, and um i'll have to i'll have to send you a picture of it here when we're done after you know the facts and um you know it, it from what i could read it uh it seems like the original photographs have been lost at time so that's all we really have is these newspaper photos. Um, so I was able to find a few different descriptions of the incident and they'll all be linked in the show notes, but they're all pretty similar. So I'll just read this article I found from the BBC from uh, 2014 written by Richard Padula entitled the day UFOs stopped play. 
which I think sums up the whole story pretty nicely. Not not the uh, headline, not the not the name of it, but the the story itself. <laughs> um, so so one thing that I will change is uh, one of the players, Maganini, is quoted. Um, but the the article that I'm going to read here, it kind of left out a line that I think adds a little tiny bit of color. It's a minor variation, but just um, you know, full disclosure. I just want to let our listeners know that I did alter it slightly, but um, okay. By like a sentence, basically. But um, okay, so quote, it was 27 October 1954, a typically crisp autumn day in Tuscany. The mighty Fiorentina club was playing against its local rival. Do it. Pistoiese. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, spell it, spell it, spell it. P-I-S-T-O-I-E-S-E. Pistoiese. Okay, I'm not even going to attempt that. Pistoiesing. Uh, yeah, I probably shouldn't either. Pistoiesing uh, me off right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, 10,000 fans were watching in the concrete bowl of the Stadio Art- Artemi Franchi. But just after halftime, the stadium fell eerily silent. Then a roar went up from the crowd. The spectators were no longer watching the match, but were looking up at the sky, fingers pointing. The player stopped playing. The ball rolled to a standstill. One of the footballers on the pitch was Ardico Magnini. He was something of a legend at the club and had played for Italy in the 1954 World Cup. I remember everything from A to Z, Magnini recalls. While we were playing the match, everything came to a stop because everybody was looking up at the sky intensely. It was something that looked like an egg that was moving slowly, slowly, slowly. Everyone was looking up, and also there was some glitter coming down from the sky. Silver glitter. Whoa! I, I probably shouldn't attempt an accent. <laughs> we were astonished. We had never seen anything like it before. We were absolutely shocked from the moment we saw it. So, uh, yeah, I just think that paints a crazy picture if you're at a game, and then all of a sudden it just falls silent because everyone's looking up at some mysterious object in the sky Dude. above the stadium i mean that's can you, can straight you, out of a movie you know yeah and can you imagine if that would have happened now i mean cell phones everywhere be like boom video yeah. like high definition photos everything i'm bummed that this happened in 1956 was it or 54 56 yeah damn um, right right it, it's crazy right it's pretty mind-blowing wow. uh, So play was suspended because spectators saw something in the sky, according to the referee's match report. Among the crowd was Gigi Boni, a lifelong Fiorentina fan. Quote, I remember clearly seeing the incredible sight, he says. His description of multiple objects differs slightly from Magnini's. Quote, they were moving very fast and then they just stopped. It all lasted a couple of minutes. I would like to describe them as being like Cuban cigars. They just reminded me of Cuban cigars and the way they looked. Boni has spent many years reliving the day in his mind. Well, I think I think they were extraterrestrial. That's what I believe, and there's no other explanation I can give myself. Another of the players, Romulo Tucci. Tucci? T-U-C-I. I would say, oh, Tucci. Tucci. That's what I would say, given that I have no Italian Right. <laughs> uh, I, I have no Italian ethnicity as far as I know, but I would say 2G. And obviously, no disrespect to anyone involved. I just don't know how to uh, how to pronounce Italian. But uh, Romolo Tucci, still sprightly in his 70s, agrees. Quote, in these years, everybody was talking about aliens. Everybody was talking UFOs, and we had the experience. We saw them. We saw them directly, for real. Wow. 
The incident at the stadium cannot simply be interpreted as mass hysteria. There were numerous UFO sightings in many towns across Tuscany that day and over the days that followed. According to some eyewitness accounts, a ray of white light was seen in the sky coming from Prado, north of Florence. Another man who relishes the chance to speak about that day is Roberto Pinotti, the president of Italy's National UFO Center. He has written many books about UFOs, and his home in the center of Florence is stuffed full of alien memorabilia, posters of old Italian B-movies, framed newspaper articles, and black and white photographs of blurry flying saucers. I like this guy already. <laughs> yeah, sounds like my type of guy. Um, the players and the public were stunned seeing these objects above the stadium, Pinotti says. At the time, the newspaper spoke of aliens from Mars. Of course, now we know that is not so. But we may conclude that it was an intelligent phenomenon, a technological phenomenon, and a phenomenon that cannot be linked with anything we know on Earth. End quote. He's also two intrigued by... Uh, yeah. Uh, two things. Can I make... I, I just want to make predictions. Don't tell me if I'm right or wrong. Okay? Just This is my prediction. I'm going to say that the people passed it off as a blimp. That's my prediction. For one, uh, two, I really wish. Actually, this isn't a prediction. This is just some, something that I'm thinking. I really wish the goalie would have grabbed the ball and punted it straight up in the air and tried to hit this thing. So that anyway, been, that would have been sick. So anyway, please continue. Yeah, can you, that's crazy. In the middle of a, a football match, yeah, the players man. were so blown away they just stopped playing. Man, that's crazy. Yeah. And at least there and, uh, wasn't some like opportunistic jerk that just like, was like, I don't care if it's a UFO. I'm going to take the ball and score anyway. <laughs> That's what I thought you were going to say. <laughs> so it was like, I'm going for it. Man. Yeah. Um, like when Roberto yeah. Baggio missed that uh, final penalty kick. Okay, I'm, I won't bring that up for our Italian fans, but that was in like God, 92 or 94 World Cup. I don't remember which, but anyway. Yeah. Sorry. I digress. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. So, um, anyone who knows about the World Cup will remember Roberto Baggio skying one over the over the over the the goal. Uh, <laughs> he could have potentially won it for his team, or at least tied it. But anyway, yikes. Well, um, but yeah, like I was saying, uh, I mean, Romolo Tucci says uh, in in those years everybody was talking about aliens. Everybody was talking UFOs, you know. So it's kind of what I was saying before. I think. I think that's kind of peak UFO hysteria. I think that's kind of when, you know, a lot of the people that were making claims that we were talking about, about the Nordics and stuff were, I don't know, making waves or whatever, you know, yeah. Yeah. for lack of a much better way to explain that. But, um, so, so going back to, uh, okay. So he's also intrigued by the material that fell from the sky. Sorry, yeah, Pinotti, I guess, you know, Pinotti, he's also intrigued by the material that fell from the sky. What Magnini described as silver glitter. Quote, it is a fact that at the same time the UFOs were seen over Florence, there was a strange sticky substance falling from above. In English, we call this angel hair, says Pinotti. Um, are you familiar with angel hair at all? Not the pasta, but... That's the only angel hair I'm familiar with is angel hair pasta. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I wasn't familiar with it either, and, and uh, well, we'll get into that. Um, and you're wrong about the blimp, by the way. Spoiler. Damn it! It's actually a little more interesting than that. Cool. But um, quote: the only problem is after a short period of time it disintegrates. End quote. As a ten-year-old boy, he witnessed the phenomenon himself. 
quote, I remember in broad daylight seeing the roofs of the house houses in Florence covered in this white substance for one hour and like snow, it just evaporated. No one knows what this strange substance has to do with UFOs, end quote. Uh, variously described by witnesses as similar to cotton wool or cobwebs, the substance was hard to collect because it disintegrated on contact. But some people were determined to find out what it was. One of them was a journalist at the Florentine newspaper La Nazione, the late Giorgio, Giorgio uh, Battini. In 2003, he told an Italian television program, Voyager, how on that day he received hundreds of phone calls about the sightings. From the offices of La Nazione in the center of town, his own view of the sky was blocked by the cathedral. So he went up to the top of the newspaper's building to see what everyone was talking about. The 81-year-old recalled seeing, quote-unquote, shiny balls moving fast towards the dome of the cathedral. Battini ventured out to investigate. He came across a wood outside the city that was covered in the white stuff, or the white fluff. He gathered several samples by rolling them up on a matchstick and then took them to the Institute of Chemical Analysis at the University of Florence. When he got there, he found that others had done the same. Now, just to clarify real quick, um, I, is this on the same day? It, it's not clear to me. Is this, is this the same day as the, the football incident, or is this a separate incident? That's what it says. It says uh, in 2003, he told an Italian television program, Voyager, how on that day he received hundreds of phone calls about Okay, the got it. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Good question. Um, so he found that others had done the same. The lab, led by respected scientist Professor Giovanni Canari, Canari, <laughs> anyway, subjected the material to spectrographic analysis and concluded that it contained the elements boron, silicone, calcium, and magnesium, and that it was not radioactive. Unfortunately, this did not provide any conclusive answers, and the material was destroyed in the process. Hmm. Could could it have come from a UFO? Quote, it's an absolutely silly idea. Science totally rejects this idea, says U.S. Air Force pilot turned astronomer James McGaha. From the Grasslands Observatory in southeastern Arizona, he spent more than 40,000 hours staring at the night sky, not to mention the additional hours he spent in the cockpit of U.S. fighter jets. Quote, you know, the whole UFO phenomenon is nothing but myth, magic and superstition wrapped up in this idea that somehow aliens are coming here either to save us or destroy us, he says. In McGraha's, McGaha's view, the whole spectacle, angel hair and all, was nothing more than migrating spiders. Whoa. Uh, quote, when I looked at this case, I think it's interesting because he kind of touches on the ideas that we've been discussing in the last few episodes, too. I mean, he summed it up. Much better than we did in like one sentence, but uh, pretty good. Um, I mean, we're not saying it's complete nonsense or anything. We're not going that far. Yeah, but. yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> it. I'm not. Uh, he's pretty emphatic about. about yeah. He, about uh, he, he seems to veer on the militant skeptic side, uh, which I'm not. I don't consider myself a militant skeptic. I consider myself a healthy. Um, Middle of the road type skeptic. (laughs) (laughs) I consider you the same, man. Um, Quote, when I looked at this case originally, I thought perhaps it was a fireball, a very bright meteor uh, breaking up in the atmosphere. They can be cigar shaped with pieces breaking off. 
but it became fairly apparent that this was actually caused by young spiders spinning webs, very, very thin webs. The spiders use these webs as sails, and they link together, and you get a big glob of this stuff in the sky, and the spiders ride on this to move between locations. They just fly on the wind, and these things have been recorded at 14,000 feet above the ground. So when the sunlight glistens off this, you get all kinds of visual effects. Now, some of this stuff breaks off and falls to the ground. This all seems magical, of course, says McGaha, but I'm fairly confident that's what happened that day. End quote. This theory is like with the with the football, like yeah, exactly. Uh, Mr. Magaha, I don't I don't think that explains the egg or the Cuban cigar type stuff. Right. But um, let's let, let let's keep going here. Let's keep going. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. It, it it kind of matches with what Pagnini was saying. I mean, I think we'll discuss this at the end how what we think about it, you know. Okay. But uh, but I think because uh, Pagnini said they were kind of floating over there, so that would that would kind of match more. But then the the spectator from the audience, he said they were moving fast, you know. So it's hard to say. I mean, that's all the details they have on like what the the objects actually did. So yeah, it's tough to say. Um. But here sorry, we go. Sorry, uh, just one, I'm sorry, man. One more clarification question. Um, mm-hmm. Did anyone get like a ballpark estimate about how high up in the sky this thing was? Like, what would the goalie? The reason I'm asking, would the goalie have been able to punt the ball straight up in the air <laughs> and bang this thing? I don't think so. I think it was too high up there, but I'm not not 100 percent sure on that. Okay. No, they don't. They don't really. That's the problem. They don't go into that much detail on the extraordinary <laughs> thing that happened, you know? Okay. Um, all we have are those, you know, a few lines of quotes from these people. I mean, if you get uh, someone like Tim Howard, who is uh, very, very good at, at punting, you know, a goaltender of that, of that caliber, I think could conceivably punt the ball so high hit and hit an unidentified flying object. So I'm just, you know, trying to, you know, uh, from a, you go 14,000 feet. Probably, I think Tim Howard could kick a, a soccer ball or a football over a mountain, man. But anyway. Well, I'd be hard-pressed to uh, disagree with you because, well, maybe I could. Anyway, it doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, not to be dismissive, Tom, but let's get back to these aliens and spiders here. Now, do you think this influenced David Bowie at all and his spiders from Mars? Oh, that's interesting. Uh, yeah, it is. It is kind of, but uh, <laughs> probably unrelated. <laughs> um, okay, so the theory is uh, this theory is backed up by the fact that September and October are the months when spiders in the northern hemisphere migrate, and spectacular spider migrations still make headlines today. But it hasn't convinced everyone. "Quote: Of course, I know about the migrating spiders hypothesis. It's pure nonsense. It's an old story, and also a stupid story," says Penelope. It's not just old, but it's also dumb. (laughs) (laughs) This is pretty dismissive. Um, He disputes the spider theory because of the chemical analysis of the angel hair samples. Spider silk is a protein, an organic compound containing nitrogen, calcium, hydrogen, and oxygen, not the elements reportedly found in the samples Batini and others brought to the university. 
like boron and magnesium isn't magnesium (laughs) like i remember learning about that in chemistry like if you light magnesium like a magnesium flare burns at like six jillion degrees kelvin and it'll you know melt like if you light something that's magnesium it gives off that like light that is so bright it hurts your face to look at like your chemistry teacher will be like everyone needs to turn away or like shield your eyes right now now it just occurred to me but if it was spider because i always thought that was really compelling that the the chemical analysis didn't match but if it's floating up there i don't know whatever layer of the atmosphere that would be where maybe uh smog especially back in the 50s you know Mm. was was also uh congregating on this spiky sticky spider web um or jet fuel or anything like that um (laughs) yeah that's true that's interesting Uh, man like i I can see that so like it could you know when when um environmental pollution restrictions weren't nearly what they are today so it could be that the skies over uh over florence were just kind of kind of yucky maybe yeah I wish it had occurred to me earlier so I could have done some research maybe on, on pollution from that era. But um, anyway, it's something to think about. I'm just speculating here. Hey, we must not be afraid to speculate. Um, 60 years on, the chances of determining the cause of the incident are slim. Quote, I wouldn't trust any reports of an old and strange event like this unless I'd seen the data, says science writer Philip Ball. He agrees that the elements said to have been observed in the angel hair don't seem to tally with the spider theory. Quote, magnesium and calcium are fairly common elements in living bodies, boron and silicone, much less so. But if these were the main elements that the white stuff contained, I don't, it, it doesn't sound to me as though they'd come from spiders, he says. Yeah, silicone, I don't, I mean, I have no idea. I don't know what, what makes up jet fuel or, um, or old gasoline components, you know. <laughs> I don't either. And if any of our listeners have any theories on that, please hit us. Hit yeah, us with absolutely. The, hit us with your thoughts. Um, so it all remains a mystery. No matter what the scientists say, those who were there are convinced that what they saw was unlike anything on Earth. Romolo Tucci just feels lucky to have been there. His eyes dance excitedly as he remembers that curious day. Quote, I was spellbound and I was also so, so happy. Wow end quote of article and Tucci. But um, yeah, pretty strange. Huh? You got any, any immediate thoughts or anything? Yeah, I do. I mean, if I were, okay, like, I'm just going to assume that if I was at this event with 10,000 some people, that would give me kind of a, a sense of security, uh, like the safety and numbers type thing. So I think I would be able to experience something like that uh, with a degree of awe and a degree of appreciation, maybe, as opposed to outright just like pooping myself and running away. Uh, because if something out of the like that out of the ordinary showed up, I think a lot of times people's fight or flight responses kick in. But when you're in like when you're surrounded by thousands of people, I think you feel you generally feel safer. So right. that's cool that they were able to experience that, whatever they experienced, with that many people around them. Absolutely. I'm surprised it wasn't a bigger worldwide story, as I, I've said many times already. Yeah. Know? Yeah. And I, th- just to clarify, it's Florence, right? 
Yeah, I Florence is a fairly, it's a fairly it's a fairly major Italian city, and I think I'm pretty sure it has been for a long time. Um, right. So, uh, man, yeah, that and I, I know cameras weren't as prevalent around back then in like the the mid 50s, but there were still like pictures, like there were still um, like photographers from the media who would who would photograph sporting events so yeah yeah there, like i, I said there was photos so. yeah but they've just been lost to time what a yeah bomb. i mean there's there's like pictures of the of the newspaper like the front page or whatever and but it's really small you know um okay you can't make out much from it but uh it, i mean it looks like a flying saucer honestly from what i saw um like i said i'll i'll send you a i'll send you a picture of it um Cool. Any idea yeah. if this is like a quote unquote tabloid, one of the one of the seedier or uh, sensationalistic newspapers, or if this is like a fairly well respected newspaper in in Florence? Any yeah. idea about that? I have no idea. Um, I mean, I'm sure the tabloids would run away with this kind of thing, you know. Sure. I mean, sure. the the players, the players, and the the person that was the one person they found that was there out of the ten thousand. I think that that guy's like a, a major fan of the of the football team, so yeah, so he's around and in contact with some of the players, and so there was a photograph of him with with the three players and stuff um, when they were oh. older. And um, but yeah, I mean they unless they're lying through their teeth or whatever, they seem pretty blown away by what they saw. You know, I would love to um, hear more people's you know. Uh, takes on this not just uh, spectators but the actual footballers themselves if this was in the 50s they would have been in their 20s or 30s so they were probably born around 19 i guess 19 between 1920 and 1930 ish so some of them might i mean they'd be a hundred or 90 years old right now so that's kind of unlikely they'd be around still but well i think these players yeah i think these interviews took place i mean maybe five years ago when the article was written, but, um, or maybe a little earlier when, when they were all together for like a TV show or something like that. And that's when they were asking them about it. Mm. But those are the only real quotes I could find from them in any of the sources. Uh, did I, did I mention in the article that, um, Oh yeah. Yeah. Like I said, the theory is backed up by the fact that September and October are the months when spiders in the Norman Northern hemisphere migrate. So, Okay. Just want to make sure because I thought I glossed over that. Um, but uh, so I, I I find it strange because, like I said, there's not a lot of description of what the UFOs actually did. You know, the one guy says they were just kind of floating around up there. And the other guy says they zoomed in and hovered there for a while and then zoomed off moving very fast. Or he doesn't even really say they, they sped off. So, I'm, you know, and, and it's. They don't go into any more detail except for that silver glitter was falling off a bit, you know? <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. And uh, my God, man, the fact that it stopped play, the fact that it stopped play is huge. And I know that sounds silly, but uh, no, I think everyone understands. Yeah. So it takes a lot to stop um, the world's most popular sport from, from happening. And it wasn't. It was right after halftime too. So it wasn't like it was during halftime. It wasn't. Yeah. I, mean, I was wondering. And, and the th- the I would go with the spider thing. And and I mm-hmm. think your thing is um is very valid uh, in terms of like if there's p- 
pollution that might have, um, you know, in kind of contaminated the the spider webs. But the thing right. is, that doesn't that doesn't um, that doesn't explain why play was stopped. That doesn't explain why thousands of people were all looking up in the sky at once and seeing and assuming it was more than just this one person who saw a physical object, the, the Cuban cigar or the egg, you know? No, I think everyone, I mean, the, the stadium apparently fell silent, which, which would be crazy too. Can you imagine being in a packed stadium and then <laughs> with a bunch of fans, Italian football fans and, uh, it, it just being silent with a mass gathering like that. Like you said, what's that Italian beer we drank over? Isn't it called Estrella or something like that? Or uh, no. the, I don't know. Oh, There's some kind of if they were if they were full of Italian beer too, then yeah, yeah. Go ahead. yeah. If anyone knows the Italian beer that has the guy I with the mustache on the label, I think the one we drank was called Estrella or Estrella. Yeah. Okay. Maybe. I, I don't know. My, that's one of the details that's lost to time in my memory. <laughs> You're not going to mix mixed up with Stella, are you? Which no, I'm not. Just new, oh, new I'm, to us at the time. Oof. <laughs> I want to say it was like whatever. <laughs> I don't want to speculate. It's got to be horrible. No way. But, that uh, was in Spain. That was in Spain. Okay, yeah, that's not really Rat. Okay. Um. Well, we're getting off topic here, but I want to look it up now. But uh, <laughs> uh, I will. Uh, I'll spare our listeners that. Let me see. So. So I would, yeah, I, w- I wish there was a little more detail on like what exactly happened. It just hovered there and then and then took off, or no one followed it after it left. You know, like it's yeah. it seems strange to me. You know, and and no. it's a and it's a shame it didn't happen even twenty or thirty years later, even ten years later, just be, with the proliferation of affordable cameras and and everything. Right. You know, that would have uh, been sweet, even if they got some super eight footage or. Um. Shit. Yeah. Dang. No kidding. Um. And I guess they, yeah, they said it hovered there for a few minutes, but um. Well, anyway, I can I can say it as many ways as I want, but yeah, I just wish there was a little more detail. What, what, you know, on the facts, you know. But yeah. um. And yeah, you said you never heard of angel hair. Um. It, it didn't really sound like spider webs to me. I mean, wouldn't wouldn't people say that it felt like spider webs if if it did feel like spider webs? I guess it said that people described it that way, but couldn't they recognize that it was spider webs? Would that really be? Yeah, that man. If I get a handful of cobweb, I know exactly what a cobweb feels like, and I immediately recoil and go, you know? right? <laughs> like I know exactly what it is. Uh, I mean, that skeptical U.S. Air Force guy, he he did say that it was like. Um, really thin cobweb so maybe that would throw people off a little bit but uh super duper wispy yeah but i mean i, I mean i guess people did subscribe it as cobwebs but uh it just seems straight i mean that, yeah that you know i don't uh, think that explains the sighting of the physical of the physical object the, the big object that people were staring at and uh i don't think the spiderweb theory is stupid as as the italian guy said but i i I, you know i tend to maybe think that uh there's something more to this you know kind of like the kind of like the tehran incident and the japan air incident 
um, just, I mean, the, what strikes me about this one is the sheer number of witnesses. Right. Um, I mean, we only have testimonies from like three witnesses really, but if, if no. all these people saw it, then, yeah. Um, I mean, it's hard to dismiss, discount what they saw. I mean, wouldn't people recognize that phenomenon if, if that's the part of the world where it happens? I mean, yeah, the guy said he's seen those, that material on people's roofs before, or like, you know, when he was 10 years old, there were, the reporter said he saw it or I'm sorry, the reporter yeah. didn't say he saw it. The, uh, the UFO guy said he saw it when he was a child. Um, so if it was that common, it wouldn't be really be that mysterious to people. They would be like, Oh yeah, this UFO was dropping spider webs. You know? And was the, and do the spider webs themselves, are those the ones that, that do the spider webs also disappear just after a short while? Or is it the, or is it just the angel hair phenomena stuff that disappears? Um, right. And is it the same thing really? But, um, that, that's that the other, the, yeah, that's do the big, spider webs question. evaporate, you know, I, I don't think they do. No, spider uh, silk is super strong, man. Like pound for pound. Like it's extremely like, uh, resilient. Otherwise it wouldn't, you know, a floundering, uh, fly in there would just be able to get away if it wasn't super resilient. Right. I mean, it's, yeah, it's really strong actually. I mean, Again, it could have been thin, thin bundles of it or whatever. The um, I just keep picturing the end of Spider uh, Charlotte's Web when all the babies, Charlotte's uh, babies hatch and then they fly away. Right. <laughs> um. I um. Let's see. There, there was actually also in the article a um like a microscope, a picture of the material under a microscope, which is interesting, but I have no idea what spider web looks like under a microscope, you know? Well, that's something we could Google for sure. Yeah, probably, but that'd be a lot of work. No, I'm just <laughs> um, so I, I took a, a brief look into this angel hair phenomenon, but uh, we'll probably have to return to this topic in the future for a more in-depth look. You know, that's a, that's a whole nother can of worms here, but um it, what occurred to me is that I remembered seeing a video about chemtrails maybe 15 years ago or so, uh, maybe 10 years ago. doesn't really matter. But, uh, you know, in the early years of YouTube where this guy had uh, uploaded the video, um, he was showing footage of these angel hair type strands and all the bushes and showing the chemtrails or, or contrails, if you will, in the sky and speculating that the chemtrails were a method of dropping these strands. Um, unfortunately I couldn't find the same video again for this research. I don't really remember too many other details, but it, I did find some, uh, videos addressing the same topic of aliens and chemtrails and angel hair. Mm. Um, it does seem to be a, you know, we're getting into some conspiracy theory here. I know I, you're not, I you're not don't up on the chemtrail. No, I absolutely am not. I'm adamantly <laughs> opposed to that line of, <laughs> and we've talked about it before now. <laughs> that, yeah. that. Anyway, is it possible that a, um, you know, so we're basically you and I are kind of in agreement or agree with the, the scientists or skeptics that say that they're just contrails left because of whatever the pressure. Yes, there are no are, such thing as contrails. They are contrails left by just residual stuff, uh, depending on like the atmosphere. Yes, yeah. exactly. Exactly. There, if chemtrails, I'm going to get this out of the way. If chemtrails were to actually be a thing, it would be an incredibly inefficient way to distribute 
any kind of chemicals upon the population, given the height of of where these things uh, are supposedly being released from, given the unpredictability of wind, uh, and the amount of people that would have to be involved in the conspiracy would have to be massive. It would be anyone – it would extend to anyone in the commercial and the military airline industry. So Well, there's well not necessarily because if, if people were just adding, putting additives into jet fuel or something like that, you know, that could be done somewhat discreetly, I would imagine. I highly doubt that, man. But it's the perfect crime, Tom. Think about it. <laughs> but uh, I know so you're just playing devil's advocate here, but I really don't want to go down this. this <laughs> yeah, Tom's getting chuffed here. <laughs> I'm not chuffed. <laughs> <laughs> if I was chuffed, I would be totally down to you. But I'm getting. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't know what it means. Sorry. Uh, chuffed. Uh, if you're quite chuffed about something, that means like I'm chuffed on this Lacroix that I'm drinking right now. It's pretty good. <laughs> Would be? Can you say you're getting Larry? Oh, dude, don't get me Larry. I, I can't get Larry off Lacroix. You know? <laughs> okay, that's different. That, that's okay. all I don't know what this, this slang is. Yeah. Um. Um. So, but uh, I, I guess I was hypothesizing. So, say people. Well, could um could contrails actually lead lead to these strands? I see what you're saying. I mean, is there a way that it would like could it potentially much like rainfall? You know, like it it compresses somehow or crystallizes and then falls down to the earth. You know, as delicate fibers or something. I don't know. I haven't done enough research on the possibility of contamination of of spider web fibers with atmospheric conditions. Uh, it could just be not even from air traffic. It could just be. Um, you know, boron and magnesium that's been released from factories when everything was super lax. So well, that was the other thing I was thinking in silicone too, because it, it occurred to me going back to the original uh, sample analysis as you were talking about um, that uh, could that be like from volcanoes? I'm sure volcanoes would be spitting up a lot of uh, magnesium or silicone. Probably, uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, silicon. silicon. <laughs> That's two different things, I think. I don't know, man. Uh, yeah, volcanoes spew a whole bunch of crap. I mean, yeah. when you want to talk about a, an environmental polluter, when when a volcano goes off, blows its top, so to speak. Yeesh. Yeah, but but I was actually ta- I wasn't talking about the uh, the original analysis or anything. I'm just talking about like these people. Like the video I saw where the guy was making connections with contrails, as we were both agreed on, or chemtrails by another name, um, leading to these strands, like, you know, like pressure changes in the air or whatever, and then it uh, maybe solidifies and comes down as like a fine fiber or something like that, you know? Not necessarily that there's anything, not that there's anything wrong with that. (laughs) Not that there's anything spidery about it, you mean? Yeah, Yeah, it's nothing like... um, um, this is just going off the chemtrails leading to angel hair theory. But um, anyway, it, we've got a little bit more to go over here. And it kind of goes into into a few different tangents, believe it or not, when you're looking at these conspiracy theory videos. But I found, a, and I included this in the show notes, of course, a link to one of these videos by You Know It All, Trust Me. And um, I thought it was pretty interesting. It basically forms a loose theory 
about chemtrails being left in the sky by mysterious craft all over the world. Uh, the poster of the video says he frequently sees these craft at night. The video then goes on to say that the poster of the video began to notice the spiderweb-like substance, or noticed this, uh, noticed a spiderweb-like substance everywhere, like just going about his daily life. And he goes on to present lots of pictures of white substances. Um, a lot of it, I have to say, looks a lot like spiderwebs or mold or fungi to me. But you know, I'm no biologist. I'm not a Cartologist? No, I'm not cartologist. I'm not a geologist. Uh, obviously, I don't. Are know you a meteorologist or an atmospherologist? <laughs> if you haven't figured it out by now, I'm I'm not a scientist, and I you're wish I knew more smith. about all this you're stuff. You're a wordsmith and a gentleman, though, Grant. So. Well, I don't know about that either, as evidenced by this podcast. But um, so next, the video begins to discuss the subject of Morgellons. Are you familiar with this phenomenon? Magellan? It's a disease. No, Morgellons. Morgellons? No. Morgellons? It's, uh, I heard about this before, too, I think on a podcast. Um, but uh, from Wikipedia, Morgellons, Morgellons uh, is the informal name of a self-diagnosed, scientifically unsubstantiated skin condition in which individuals have sores that they believe contain fibrous material. Uh, Morgellons is not well understood, but the general medical consensus is that it is a form of delusional parasitosis. The sores are typically the result of compulsive scratching, and the fibers, when analyzed, are consistently found to have originated from clothing and other textiles. Oh God, man! So it's like the it's like meth heads who are convinced yeah. that they're and PCP people that think that they they have insects crawling in their blood. And so they scratch over and over again. Oh, God. All right. And this isn't very scientific, but I, in the, no. the podcast I heard, this was a, like a year or two ago. I mean, it was a while ago that I heard this podcast, but it stuck with me because I was like, wow, that's crazy. I never heard about that. But uh, yeah, people would be trying to like pull fibers out of their skin and stuff. And But every time they went to a doctor, like the doctor just couldn't find anything. But the people didn't believe it because it was driving them crazy, you know, um, or vice versa, I guess. But uh you know, if it's in your head and you're suffering from it, it's it's a condition, you know, but it, it's just, yeah, it sounds miserable. It sounds uh, psychosomatic to me, man. Bummer. Yeah, that, that seems to be the scientific consensus or the medical consensus. But um, so, you know, as I was just saying here, I've heard of this disease before. It sounds pretty mysterious. Much like the UFO phenomenon, it seems to drive people crazy, but scientists seem to disregard it as an actual phenomenon. Um, anyway, the video, as you can probably imagine, goes on to link Morgulon's more more gallons to alien abductions and implants it seems that the poster of the video went on to do their own research on people with the disease and was able to find samples in all of their subjects that have this disease so basically they're showing like all these slides of the samples that they found and people they've talked to about it uh, excuse me <coughs> and um which even in Wikipedia, it says that they find these fibers and they seem to originate from clothing and other textiles. So it's not really that conclusive, you know? Um, yeah, and I'd, I'd never heard of this until you, you threw it out at me. Wow. But yeah, so honestly, it's hard for me to know what these samples are. But, you know, for all I know, they could just be clothing or textile fibers. Um, the video is pretty interesting, but it's hard to know what to make of the information presented. I would recommend watching it for yourself if you're interested. Uh, I think we may have to look at the angel hair phenomenon in the future, like I said, and uh, and its relationship to the UFO phenomenon. It's 
it's not something I've heard a lot about. It, no, it's strictly to do with UFOs or anything. So that's kind of crazy. Um, Cause I did read that it, it mentioned that it has been associated with UFOs before, but I don't, you know, I don't know how substantiated that is. Huh. Um, I do remember in the Betty and Barney Hill case though, which, which we also have to cover in a future episode. And that's a biggie um, that Betty Hill found some fibers on her clothing or like a mysterious like substance on her clothing and Barney Hill had some sores on his body. So I think the connection is pretty interesting, you know? Huh. Um, so all in all, nothing really conclusive from this story, but I'm, I'm not sure that the accepted explanation for it holds a lot of water. This going back just to the whole, the whole UFO thing. Um, dismissing the UFO material as spiderweb seems to dismiss the perspective of all the eyewitnesses a little too much for, for my taste. But, uh, yeah, I agree, man. I mean, this happened over what's about seventy years ago, a little less than seventy well, years ago. So here, here's the thing: like, I think that you have to go with the most the most likely explanation is often the best one, the best uh, meaning, most likely to be the truth. Okay, um, and. I think it is absolutely stunning that if this happened as the person said it did in that an entire stadium watching a football game of people who are no doubt tanked and, uh, you know, really into watching their football uh, just stopped to watch something crazy that was happening in the sky. Um, I... I I give that a lot of credence. Um, yeah, yeah, totally. Well, let me. Uh, I'm sending you the link right now. I don't know if you want to check out these pictures here. Uh, sure. See if you can make anything out of them. Sure. Sorry to do this live here, but if you scroll down a little bit, you can see the newspaper. Um, you can see another one that another newspaper that's just like some artist rendering and stuff. And then you can see the fiber. Okay. And there's a picture of a guy with a sample. Yeah. Pretty interesting. But even if it, so that, that stadium, that stadium picture wasn't taken on the day it happened, but Oh wait, there. Okay. The spectators looks like everyone looking up and seeing stuff. Awesome. Wow, that's cool, man. Yeah. And then you can see the newspaper. There's like a, a close-up of a hand holding like a sample yeah. of this type of a substance. And then uh, you see those pictures I was talking about. Like, I don't know if that's a picture of the craft and the, that long skinny one on the top. If, but, um, okay, yeah. I see, yeah, the, I see the, the long rectangular one, and then there's a lower one. I don't know if that's a – stock footage of a uf of a quote-unquote ufo down there or if that's the photo of what actually occurred there that day but yeah cool, they, and that's in oh wait actually so. okay wait a minute it says lower headline the sighting over florence with a photograph now lost of the ufo okay yeah that's i guess that's where i where i got that info from actually so i don't know how accurate that caption is either but i I mean, I imagine the the guy did his research the, that wrote this article, and this is from this is from the Richard Padula article in BBC. Cool. Um, but yeah, if you go down a little bit more, you can see like a 
Oh, I see the sketch over the state of the person looking at the Yeah, this you guys should really check out this uh this article. This is neat. Yeah. But uh, you see that fiber, and actually, I thought it was like under a microscope. But it looks like you can see someone's finger that's holding it right there. You can see the fingernail, and it looks, yeah, it looks crazy, man. It looks like cotton, really. Yeah, it does. Huh? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Shout yeah. out to Domi in there. <laughs> yeah, I wish somehow they could have preserved that that material, man, and analyzed it. Yeah, no kidding. But uh, interesting, man, because you know you don't get like physical specimens like that. But it, as I was saying, like even if it is just spiders, like that's a crazy story anyway. You know, a big right, it sure is. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's almost scarier than aliens flying around as a big cluster <laughs> of spiders falling down on everyone. That's like something out of arachnophobia with John Goodman. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we'll end on that quote. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah you're right. Um, well, cool. Cool. well uh, thank you for uh, for bringing this to my attention, Grant. This is uh, that was an incident that is definitely underreported and has a potential for some, um, I don't know, some truth value as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I mean, I haven't even heard of that many mass sighting events, you know, and that's right. It's, just, it's crazy, and it's documented in newspapers and whatnot eyewitnesses so anyway but uh yeah but well thanks for listening everybody sorry yeah. we too long about ourselves here in the beginning but uh well we're glad to keep doing this during these times and like i said uh hope all of you and yours are safe and thank you uh specifically to alberto for your nice and um uh thorough email and um i hope you all stay safe and happy as can be and healthy as can be and uh, love you guys. Yeah, take care, everyone. You know, I love you. Love you guys. Mwah. <laughs>